the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney. And I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. In addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am both a master of the laws of taxation and a master of the laws of intellectual property. And because of my education, my training, my experiences, my life's observation, but most importantly, my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and the creation, preservation and transfer of wealth within families and communities, including tribal communities, and the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. However, I also practice some related fields in my overall consumer and small business financial practice, including debt wealth management, estates and trust, real estate, and of course, taxation law. Now with these areas of law as my focal point, my reference point, that is to say, as they relate to the personal, familial, community, and small business aspects of finance, I've spent the greater part of the last nearly 40 years, both before and after getting my license to practice law, fighting for the economic empowerment, the economic independence, and the economic autonomy of women and people in communities of color, including indigenous communities. And because I grew up as a military brat, and as you can tell, I still am a military brat, I also helped also create another one with my former spouse, who was also in the military. I have firsthand knowledge of just how difficult it can be sometimes financially and economically for our citizens, soldiers, sailors, airmen and women and Marines, and their families in our less than sometimes uh, patriotic capital-based economic system especially after these individuals and their families separate from the service. As such, I also proudly serve veterans of all stripes and in all branches of the military. And as I have had the great fortune to know and spend a lot of time with and love and actually become great friends with both my maternal and my paternal grandmothers, both of whom survived the great four economic challenges of the last century, the Great Depression, the privations of World War II, and unfortunately, the systemic racism and misogyny that continues through into our society today. 
And as these women loved me and helped raise me and shared with me the great stories of their grandparents who loved and raised them in the post-Reconstruction Jim Crow South, it is out of my great love and respect for these women who are always with me along with my dad in spirit, urging me on to do the right thing, that when the situation is right, I am sometimes able to at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors and disabled folks who find themselves the targets of and unfortunately more and more the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of adult and elder financial abuse that you could ever imagine that seems to be running rampant in our society today. So the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law related to your money and more and more probably these days their lack thereof, or at least an insignificant amount thereof, and your overall finances and what you may need to consider to protect or reclaim or rehabilitate you or your families or your small businesses, financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being, as I understand these concepts in a non-threatening educational forum. However, as always, I must once again ask you to please note that this show doesn't provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least a general outline of some of the key issues that can help you seek out and find the quality qualified professional help. I believe you really need if you have a legal issue that intersects with your finances or your assets or your debt. Now, today I will use my time to continue to respond to those of you out there in Radioland who've taken some of your precious time to reach out to me to share with me your questions, your issues, and your concerns about this show. But more importantly, your good thoughts and prayers and love that I can feel through the Internet or over the phone with me. So thank you so much. Now, I've heard from some of you who wanted to know more about the integration of West Point, such as when the first black cadet or the first woman cadet were appointed to West Point. And that's exactly how one gets into West Point in any of the three of the four remaining great United States military academies. With a couple of notable exceptions, you have to be recommended by a member of Congress, a congressperson from your state. If you're interested in service to your country in exchange for free education, here's a quick overview of the five United States military academies. And this information was put together by Alan Grove and published in a publication called Thought Co.com, and it was published on January 31, 2020. According to Mr. Grove, all five of the undergraduate military academies have selective admissions, and they all require at least five years of service upon graduation. Now, these schools are not for everyone. But for those of you with a desire to serve your country and receive an excellent education in exchange for free, this is a, something that you should consider. Now, let's start with the United States Air Force Academy. Now, although the Air Force Academy does, have, does not have the lowest acceptance rate 
of all the military academies. It does have the highest admission bar. Successful applicants will need grades and standardized test scores uh, that are well above average. Now, the Air Force Academy is in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and it has about 4,300 people undergraduate there at any one time. You have to be uh, get a recommendation from a member of Congress. You have to serve five years after you graduate. The most popular majors are business administration, systems engineering, aerospace engineering, Air Force, aerospace, astronaut, <laughs> behavior science, and biology. And, um, you know, you if you want to find out more about the Air Force Academy, you should go to Air Force Academy Profile. The next is the United States Coast Guard Academy. I bet you didn't know that they had an academy. An impressive 80% of the graduates from the Coast Guard Academy go on to graduate school, often funded by the Coast Guard. Now, graduates of the United States Coast Guard Academy receive commissions as ensigns uh, and work for at least five years on board cutters in or out of ports. Now, it's located in New London, Connecticut. There are about a thousand undergraduates there at any one time. And this one is different. You don't have to be recommended by a member of Congress. You just got to have good grades and a good background. And admission is entirely merit-based. Then after you graduate, you have to serve the Coast Guard for five years. And their majors are civil engineering, business administration, political science, mathematical engineering, oceanography, and marine engineering. What do you think? Okay. Um, So... When we come back, I'll tell you more about how you can get into one of our five great military academies. And then I'm going to share with you the wins and the whys and the hows of how these great schools ultimately admitted their first black and first women candidates. Next is the United States Merchant Marine Academy. I bet you didn't know that because <laughs> one thinks of a merchant marine, uh, you know, is that kind of a civilian kind of job? No, it is part of our educational system here in the United States. Now, all students at the United States Merchant Marine Academy train in fields related to transportation and shipping. Graduates have more options than from the other service academies. A graduate can work for five years in the U.S. maritime industry with eight years as a reserve officer in any branch of the armed forces that he or she chooses. They also have the option of serving five years on active duty in one of the uh, forces. So what are the requirements? Oh, first, it, um, the United States Merchant Marine Academy is located at Kings Point, New York. There are about a thousand undergraduates there at any given time. It too requires that you have either your congressperson or your senators uh, um, recommend you, basically get you appointed. And the service requirements are after you graduate, you do either the uh, five years as a civilian with eight years as a uh, reservist, or you can do five years in the military uh, 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 service of your choice. Now, the popular majors at the United States Merchant Marine Academy 
big surprise are marine science, naval architecture, systems engineering. So a lot of tech heads like to go to the United States Merchant Marine Academy. Now, for acceptance rates and test scores and other admission requirements, you can go to Merchant Marine Academy profile and you'll get all that really great information. Next up is United States Military Academy at West Point. Now, West Point is one of the most selective of all of the military academies. Graduates are given the rank of second lieutenant in the Army. Two United States presidents, one of whom is my favorite, one of my favorites anyway, and numerous successful scholars and business leaders all hail from West Point. Now, it's located at West Point, New York, and there are about 4,500 undergraduates there at any one given time. Again, you have to uh, get entree via the recommendation from one of your uh, congresspersons. You have to do five years in the Army and an additional three years in the Reserves. Now, popular uh, majors there are mechanical engineering, systems engineering, something I knew about, economics, something I knew about, civil engineering, industrial management, and business administration. Because, believe it or not, soldiers have to be good business people. And um, for acceptance rates, test scores, and other admissions data, you need to go to westpointprofile.com so when we come back we're going to continue our discussion about how the, our great military academies and then I'm going to transfer to talk about when and how and why of the integration of these great undergraduate schools as such as how and why the first black candidate uh, was selected to go to, to West Point and also the first women candidates. But first, we're going to take a short break and I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. So welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion about how one gets into West Point and the other four great military academies and then turn to the hows, the whens, and the whys of the integration of these great undergraduate schools. And when the first black cadet and the first woman cadet were appointed to West Point. But first, let's look at our final academy. That's the United States Naval Academy at Annapolis. Now, students at the Naval Academy are midshipmen who are on active duty in the Navy. Let me say that again. These are midshipmen. If you go to the Naval Academy, you are already in the Navy. Okay? So that means that if a war breaks out or something goes on, you are already in the Navy. Not like these other schools where you are technically a civilian. You are a midshipman or midshipwoman on active duty in the Navy. So think about that. Upon graduation, students receive commissions as ensigns in the Navy or second lieutenants in the Marines. Okay, so there is no separate 
Marine Academy, although I know some Marines think that they're separate and distinct from the Navy, and maybe they are in their own minds, but not in the United States Naval Academy of at Annapolis. So just so you know, an ensign is uh, uh, rank is similar to that of a second lieutenant. It's the lowest commissioned officer in uh, either one of those branches of the service. Now, uh, Annapolis is no- located in Maryland. About 4,500 graduates, undergraduates are there each year. You have to uh, be uh, appointed or get the recommendation from your congressperson. And your service requirements are five years or longer. The popular majors are political science, oceanography, economics, history, mechanical engineering, and systems engineering. And um, for acceptance rates, test scores, and other admission data, see AnnapolisProfile.com. Now, I'm going to put a pin in it and share with you this. Now, all of that I, that I've said so far, you have to get your congressional member to appoint you, and one of the academies is just strictly based on merit. But I want to share with you that one of my dear friends and classmates from high school the high school that we graduated from in Mississippi in 1972 had always dreamed of going to Annapolis. But I said we graduated from high school in Mississippi in 1972. And I, unfortunately, uh, when two of the most virulent races were our senators and our local congressional representative was not much better. So as a Hail Mary pass, some of our parents and all of us kids urged him to ask the president for an appointment. And guess what? Richard Nixon appointed my friend to go to Annapolis, where he was an exemplary midshipman and went on to become a great naval officer. So while I tend to agree with the negative overall history that Um, has befallen former President Nixon, I will never forget the huge smile on my friend's face when he received his admissions notice before he began began his adventures on the high seas. And I got to tell you, um, when I was a young person, all of us would go back to um, visit our families over uh, the Christmas holiday. I, I was married to a soldier, so we you get 30 days leave. And so all of us graduates of 1972, we would go back for at least the first five years that we were out of school. And it was so great to see him in the, in the white outfit that the, that the Navy guys were. He looked so good and he was so proud and We are still proud of him to this day. There was a lot of um, service members uh, in my class. It it was made up of very smart uh, young people. Uh, A bunch of them got into uh, Harvard. Uh, A lot of them went into the military because it was a small town and just about everybody believed in in military service. And even people like me who didn't join service because my dad told me, uh, I'll never will forget, I had a chat with him when I was a junior in high school and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And he said, uh, and I said, do you think uh, I should go into the military? Because women weren't allowed in the military academy until three years after I graduated. But I was thinking about going into the military. My dad looked at me and he laughed. He says, I love you. 
And half the time, you don't do what I tell you to do. I know that you cannot be in the Army. Now, you need to consider going into uh, civil service if you want to serve your country, and that is what I suggest you do. <laughs> and I took him up on his advice. That was so funny. I love you, and you don't do what I tell you to do half the time. And he says, you have to follow orders, and I don't think that you're really good at that. And you know what? He's right. So getting back to the moral of the story, the appeal for a free education is obviously a big draw for these five excellent institutions, but they're not for everyone. The demands of both coursework and training are rigorous, and matriculation does commit you to years of service upon graduation. So getting back to West Point, do you know who Henry Flipper was? Well, he was the first black man to graduate from the esteemed university in an environment of almost total social isolation from his classmates because of his race. And I got to tell you, it's something that I know about that still occurs to me on occasion today as a lawyer in a highly specialized practice area. But there's always other people for me to interconnect with. Just think about it. If you were the only black person at West Point and nobody would talk to you. So, um, you know, I got to, you know, say he had a lot of mental stamina. Now, you should know that when Lieutenant Flipper graduated from the academy, he had above average grades. He graduated in 1877. He was ranked 50th out of a class of 76, and he was assigned to the 10th United States Cavalry uh, stationed at Fort Sill in what was referred to then as Indian Territory, but what I can still consider to be Indian Territory, but now it's known as Oklahoma. So I urge you all, but especially you young folks, to go to the Library of Congress's website located at LOC.com to find out more about Lieutenant Flipper's career in the Army and as an engineer after he was separated from the service, as well as the facts and circumstances that led to his court-martial and dishonorable discharge from the Army in 1881. You will also discover how and why on February 19, 1999, President William Jefferson Clinton posthumously granted a full and unconditional pardon to Lieutenant Henry Ossison Flipper as a the pardon came 59 years after his death and 117 years after he had been dismissed from the army. Now for the ladies, on October 7, 1975, then President Gerald R. Ford signed Public Law 94-106, allowing women to be admitted to the all-male military college on July 7, 17. <laughs> 1976 <laughs> not 1776 but July 7, 1976 on that day 119 women made history becoming the first females to join the Corps of Cadets at the United States Military Academy at West Point 62 of whom graduated in 1980 becoming second lieutenants uh, in the Army now did you know of that 119 only two were black, and they established the first class. Now, one of those wom women was a young black woman named 
Pat Locke, now retired Army Major Locke. Now, Ms. Locke, or Major Locke, took a different route to the academy than most of her future classmates. For you see, she had already enlisted in the Army at age 17, and she did so to escape her hometown of Detroit, and she was stationed at Fort Polk, Louisiana, as a communications specialist in a signals battalion. Now, in early 1976, her battalion commander called her into his office and asked if she wanted to attend West Point. He gave her no time to think about it or to weigh her options. So she decided on the spot that she was going to go to West Point. And it was so funny. She said, I didn't even know what it was. And I didn't even know what it was for. But she said the commander told her it was a way for her to get a college education. And she said, okay. So that night she hopped into her car and she went, she drove to New Jersey to enroll in a special academy preparatory school uh, in New Jersey. Because again, the president had um, opened up uh, the, the, the access to go to West Point, but there were no women in the pipeline. So they had to figure out a way to put some in there. And they had these preparatory schools. And I, uh, sh you should go to uh, her, Bing her or Google her and then go check her YouTube story. It is so moving because, she, and she thinks just like I do, young people from lower to lower middle income families who don't have access to college. If you're a person of high integrity and honor and you want to get access to an education, that you need to consider the military academy. And that's why I, as a financial lawyer, am focusing energy on this. This is a way for you to get your education and enter into a middle class life, no matter where you come from. And you get to travel the world, but most importantly, you're serving your country. So I'm going to leave it there for now. But as always in closing here at Salon's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, including uh, how the law can be used by our government to help integrate our society as a whole, including our military, for our greater good. So I'm going to leave it there for now. I'm going to say bye for now. Till next time, please take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to SelwynWhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.